Hi, I'm Jason Chung, head of the esports practice at Zuber Lawler. And I'm Philip Milestone, counsel at Zuber Lawler. Zuber Lawler is a law firm. And like any good lawyers, we have a big disclaimer for you. We are lawyers, but we're not your lawyers. Until you pay us. So everything here is for entertainment purposes only. Again, until you pay us. This podcast is brought to you by virtualtimes.com. Virtualtimes.com, your news from the metaverse. By now, you've likely heard pundits talking about the metaverse. Some say it's the next big thing. Others say it's terrible. Some say it's the future. Others say it's stupid. What is the metaverse really? How does it work? What can you do in it? And where is the technology going? And with the number of different technologies and platforms popping up, are we even talking about the same thing when talking about the metaverse? Join us, Jason Chung. And Philip Milestone. Two meets-based lawyers, wonks, and educators on our podcast, What the Meta, as we tackle such questions and act as your fun and informative partner in figuring out what the metaverse is and can be. We're just informed enough to know what we don't know about the metaverse. So listen in as we fumble, stumble, and rumble our way to discovery. Helping us on our journey are a host of friends, top thinkers, personalities, and even some renegades, who will explain how key concepts of our daily lives, such as citizenship, property, and love, translate to the metaverse. So be sure to listen, our fellow Metasapiens, as we grapple with our virtual lives and identities and figure out how to engage with this new plane of existence. Hello, Metasapiens, and welcome to the first episode of What the Meta. I'm Jason. Philip. And uh, we're here today to basically talk about the metaverse and to guide you through uh, our journey into it and hopefully, uh, you know, uh, work our way to, to seeing where you are at in the, in the metaverse as well. So... I guess, Philip, this is episode number one. And like all pilots, it's going to be stilted and awkward because <laughs> that's what the that's what the human experience is, uh, let alone the metaverse experience. So why don't we start with, you know, who we are and uh, where we're coming from uh, about the metaverse first. So how about yourself? Why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Hello, audience. Uh, I am a lawyer by trade, uh, a nerd by upbringing. And a curious human by genetics, I guess. I am here to talk about this this thing, um, which is not what I'm used to, right? I'd normally sort of read about it and think about it and think about what other people think about it. Um, But actually sort of getting out there and getting into it is something I've been thinking about and trying to do. Uh, Finding the right way to do that has been um, a journey. Uh, But the metaverse is... It's both old and it's new, I guess, right? It's old insofar as it's existed in science fiction forever. Um, and I, in a sense, it's new now. Like it's definitely the top of everybody's mind a little bit because Facebook jumped into it and they say it's the future. Um, I feel like that probably brought a lot of it to the fore, but really a lot of it's also sort of virtual, right? I think we are because of the pandemic in this place where we're living more digital lives, more, th- we're, we're interacting more with the world through our devices. Like we're meeting people, we call it still face-to-face, but it's not, you know, we're doing this over Zoom. We do sort of everything over Zoom. Um, and part of me says that's just made us more comfortable using a sort of technological interface to do things that we used to do face-to-face. Mm-hmm. So that I think is one of the reasons we're having this podcast. Uh, one of the reasons I'm interested in it is all those reasons, but also like, what are the possibilities? Um, and in sort of from my 
from my human perspective, right? What can I do there as a person, as a, as a father, as a consumer, as a citizen? Um, but also as a lawyer, I think it's really interesting um, <laughs> because um, there are so many things that matter here with lines and borders, right? Uh, notwithstanding sort of geopolitical stuff, but just like my license, right? I, if I'm on one side of Lake Tahoe, I can advise you on anything. But if I'm on the other, I cannot. And that is sort of a rigid boundary that is a, a limit to what I can and can't do. But when those limits stop existing, like what happens to the impact, the import of that license, to all of that advice, right? That I'm supposedly able to give you on one side of an imaginary line, but not on the other. And that to me is one of the questions that we're, we will address in here and we'll totally you know, break that apart into its tiniest little pieces. Um, that's, that's where I'm, I'm coming at this from all these different angles, right? Trying to bring my entire self to this thing that is new and old and is going to rapidly change in a way that it probably couldn't 10 years ago because not only was the technology not ready for it, but I don't think we as, as people were ready for it, we were still, you know, living at the end of the 20th century and maybe it took a pandemic to shake us up. Out. I'll stop there, but that's, that's a little, that's a quote, <laughs> little bit about me. Well, I mean, uh, perfect. I mean, uh, you know, I think I'm there with you. Uh, so I'm Jason Chung. Uh, I'm a, I'm a lawyer at Zuber Lawler, but I'm also an educator. <laughs> Uh, by uh, as well, so I t I lead the esports and gaming programs uh, in the at the uh, at at the University of New Haven. Um, you know, so I'm in the in the Pompeii College of Business, and I teach all about how, you know, uh, esports and gaming and it will affect the business world, and of course the metaverse and whatever it is affects that as well. So, you know, my entry point into the metaverse is uh, pretty similar to yours, Phillips, in terms of uh, I think a generational sort of thing. I was I still remember growing up with uh, paper and pencil and all that kind of stuff, right? Uh, but, you know, uh, by the time I reached high school and everything, we switched to computers. And quite frankly, a lot of our friendships were, you know, my friendships especially, uh, were kind of solidified in uh, on the Internet. Right. And, you know, the, so the question of, you know, what is the what is this? Uh, you know, I, I think in the 90s term was the information superhighway. You know, I don't know if we've, we've heard that for the last 20 years, but, you know, uh, We've done a lot more on online, especially through after the pandemic. And so the question about how the metaverse uh, impacts our lives, I think, is pretty clear. Right. Uh, you know, be, especially when you're coming, talking about esports and gaming, which has already existed in this quasi metaverse space, which we'll get into. Right. Uh, but also just as a human being, uh, just like yourself, I'm just really curious about what you can do with this. Right. I think we've obviously, you know, through clients, so client work and everything like that, we've seen some applications of it. But, you know, we've just seen the tip of the iceberg so far. So I'm really interested in sort of exploring this with you, Philip, uh, and seeing what, you know, what we know and where, you know, what we can find out about the metaverse and where it's going. And that brings me to a question, Philip, uh, you know, and, and this is, I think, uh, a question that sort of gets overlooked by, by popular media a lot of time. What the hell is the metaverse? I mean, if. If we could answer that, right, we'd be, <laughs> we wouldn't be doing this. We'd be sitting on an island somewhere, possibly in the metaverse, but being rich either way. Um, I don't, I mean, I, I think what people think it is, is a place where you can go that is some sort of simulation of what is here with sort of a cool layer on top of it, right? Like, yeah, I think colloquially that is probably what people think a metaverse is similar, you know, like a, like a video game, 
where you can interact with things or there are clues. Um, I watched a free guy with my kids the other night. And uh, when he puts on the sunglasses in the game and all of a sudden he sees what the gamers see. And I feel like that is probably what people think the metaverse is. Um, I don't know if that is actually what it is, right? I feel like that is, that's too simplistic of, of an idea of it. I feel like um, it's the same way that people thought the internet was sort of an information superhighway, which isn't wrong, right? I mean, it definitely is uh, a place where there is a lot of information, but I don't think we under, we thought that was sort of a place you could get away from, right? The highway is over there if you're lucky. And sometimes <laughs> it's right above you. But either way, you know, the highway is a, is a, it's a tool you use when you want to use it. I don't think any of us ever really thought that the highway would be blaring through our living room all the time, 24-7. And I feel like that's one of those misconceptions that we had back in the 90s with the internet. I don't know which misconception of mine is true about the metaverse today, but the idea that it's a place I go to, I feel like that is the first mistake. I don't think it's going to be a thing that is away from our every life. I think it's going to be sort of this place, but more so. Um, and I, I don't know exactly how to think about that. I sort of, it's, it's scary. It's exciting at the same time. In a sense, I almost feel like instead of mediating my existence through my phone, I will just be sort of living in a mediated existence, right? There mm -hmm. won't be Yes, that's what I imagine the metaverse to be. Yeah, I mean, Polygon had a great sort of uh, breakdown of what people think it is, right? So, you know, uh, ultimately they, 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 you know, and we'll link the, uh, we'll link the, 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 the article uh, below. But basically, uh, they said there's three elements of VR interface, digital ownership, and avatars, which people think are, you know, which figure into the current conception of the metaverse, right? That you know these three things, but at the end of the day, uh, what it, what the metaverse is is just basically a place to exist. It's a place where you have a presence online, which is separate. From from our, you know, meat bag, meat space cells, right? Um, you know, it's a, at the end of the day, the metaverse right now, as I can tell, is it's an idea, right? And so, esports and gaming, uh, obviously, especially with certain games such as like uh, Philip, do you play NBA Two K by any chance? No, I do not. Well, I can tell you when you when you play NBA Two K, uh, and especially when you get into the world where you can go to the Adidas store and you can go to the Nike shop and you can buy with uh, virtual credits, which are actually, you know, which you buy with fiat money, obviously, uh, you know, all of these things feel like a real world to me in a certain place. Uh, and it has just the same annoyances. Uh, they built it so that it takes time for you to travel between spaces. You have to take your skateboard, your virtual skateboard or your virtual BMX bike to go between these stores. I mean, to me, uh, you know, if you're thinking about what the metaverse could be or is, uh, it seems like gaming has had a good handle on it for a while. But at the same time, I think that where the, uh, the gaming elements kind of fall is that um, it doesn't really feel as interactive as I think real life, right? Which is, I think, the holy grail of what we're trying to go for uh, when we're talking about the metaverse, right? It's a place, like you said, which is a mediated existence. It's a place for us to just go and to and to inter interact, kind of like we're doing with our smartphones these days. I mean, honestly, uh, if you talk with uh, most people, as I'm sure, uh, you know, uh, you'll find with your children as well, they're going to start mediating their existence and relationships through their smartphone more so than even physical interaction. Right. So, you know, um, 
the metaverse is that sort of layer, uh, the virtual layer that, you know, you can do that uh, through, right? But the question is, what's it going to look like? You know, what is this sort of uh, modality of interaction that we're going to have? I'm not quite sure. And I think that's where we're, I think that's the confusion right now, right? I mean, nobody can exactly tell us what that future is going to look like, which leads to all of these crazy conceptions about what the metaverse is. Yeah, no, a thousand percent. And I also, it also leads to sort of us putting the cart before the horse, right? So, so certainly we don't know what the metaverse is going to be, but in the, what you just said already brings up for me, two questions of it's, it's already being designed, even though we don't know what it is. So, for example, you cannot fast travel in 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 in, in, in the game you just mentioned, um, and that is huge, right? It's the same way that I can't skip a commercial if I'm watching the wrong service. And to make me get on my bike and go by these places means I'm necessarily am being hit with information as I go by these places, as opposed to, you know, like I my games tend more towards Spider Man and you know uh, Horizon Zero Dawn and Fortnite where, well, Fortnite doesn't have a fast travel, but Horizon Zero Dawn and Spider-Man both do. And I can avoid all of that, right? I'm mm-hmm. literally avoiding most of New York City when I take the subway in Spider-Man. <laughs> Me, you know, it makes the game easier and more fun because I get to where I want to be, but my eyeballs are not being subjected to commercial space. And I don't know if that's why NBA 2K did what they did, but it's certainly designed, you know, that's a design decision being made for you. And that is sort of already the metaverse taking the shape that we don't have any control over, which is sort of something we can tackle. The other is when you said the metaverse is an idea, um, I think that's true and and not true, which is again, so profound. Um, In my head, right? The lawyer says to me, well, you can't protect an idea, right? That's a fundamental tenet of of intellectual property law, right? You can protect instantiations of idea, codifications of ideas, right? Um, Original works of authorship, but you can't protect an idea. So if the metaverse is really an idea, is this going to be sort of another situation where we're talking about, can you protect this sort of fundamental thing? Patent, I'm not a patent lawyer, but I know there was a, a big fight many years ago about patenting organisms, whether you could or not, right? Mm-hmm. Can you patent chemicals? Can you patent sort of these, these things that are objects of nature and what is and what isn't? And now with what we can do with different technologies is sort of pushing the, the, the limits there. I think something similar is going to happen here where we are going to say like, is, is the metaverse itself a protectable thing? If, if it's truly an idea, probably not, but if it's a place, probably. And that to me is sort of a, a weird distinction that we haven't decided, but is also being decided for us. Well, and just to clarify my previous remark, right. Uh, you know, I, the metaverse as we think it's going to be currently is an idea because it's, it's in somebody's brain right now, but the manifestations of it right now are, do exist, right? We, there, you can buy property in Decentraland, you can do things and we'll get into all of these in future episodes. Right. But at the end of the day, there, there are conceptions of what the metaverse should be. And in fact, company, you know, major, we've seen major fortune 500 companies and, uh, you know, fan companies like Facebook change their name, right. To meta, because they want to be that platform. They want to be that manifestation of the metaverse because at the end of the day, there's a lot of money in it, (laughs) right? But it's also arguably where we're going to spend a good chunk of our lives existing in, right? Um, So to that extent, the metaverse is an idea, but it's the manifestation that's really 
kind of important here. And what does that look like? We're not quite sure. But of course, that's also predicated with intersections of all kinds of utility that we need, right? We're going to need to buy stuff. We're going to need to, uh, you know, execute smart contracts. We're going to be able, we need to be able to, to interact and carry logs of, uh, you know, deals and things like that. All of that means that we're going to have to deal with other technologies and other buzzwords like NFTs and crypto and blockchain. And I'm sure that's as an attorney, and we're both attorneys at this, it excites me. I'm sure that excites you too, right, Phil? It does, right? Because we need to understand, I mean, the business side of it is going to be wonderful, right? People are going to start companies. People are going to be doing innovative things. They're going to be you know, entering contracts. They're going to have property, right? And all of that means full employment for people like you and me forever. <laughs> On the other side, I saw a takedown and I will have to link the article uh, in the notes because I can't remember it offhand. And someone was saying that the metaverse is just essentially, you know, Mark Zuckerberg woke up and looked outside and said, I can't charge anybody for looking at that tree. How do I change that? And that to me is an oversimplification of both Mark Zuckerberg and the article I'm citing. But the idea that it's going to be this place that necessarily has these utilities that are that are meeting each other, all commerce, all the time, is we need to at least consider the idea that that's a bad thing, right? It is the case now that there are public spaces um, and they are useful because they are public. And the metaverse, will it have anything like that? Is that possible? Uh, I, you, you can have sort of pseudo public spaces in a metaverse where someone declares it's public, but that's, I mean, I guess that's like the real world, real world too, right? If we just decide that that park is no longer public, it's not anymore. But in any case, I, I do wonder, right? If everything all of a sudden becomes, sub, becomes a commodity, like then what? And that commodification of the metaverse is good and bad, again. I feel like I'm, I'm just dropping truisms left and right this morning, but uh, that's something for us to be aware of uh, as we as we explore what it is, as we explore the law around it. Um, there is a really great book by I want to say James Boyle about the public domain and how important it is that we have art out there, that we have things out there that are available and accessible to everybody, because from that well is where most creativity comes from, and. His famous example was uh, Jay-Z, no, it wasn't Jay-Z, it was Danger Mouse's Grey album, where he took um, Jay-Z's Black album, the Beatles' White album, and put them together. And it was genius, but nobody could sell it. Like, that's, that's bad. <laughs> that is the, that, that's the overreach of intellectual property. And I feel that mm -hmm. the metaverse sort of has that same, that same specter. It becomes too restrictive, too commercialized. The barriers are too high to entry it's not going to be everything it can be. On the other side, if it's sort of too libertarian, it's not going to be anything anybody wants it to be. So we, it, it, we have to find a balance, not you and I, humanity. And I don't know what that's going to look like, but exploring it's going to be cool. Well, you know, it's actually really interesting because this is the same sort of thing that I keep uh, telling uh, business audiences about, about esports, right? Um, at the end of the day, when you're talking about a, a game like uh, basketball in, in, in meat space, right? Nobody owns basketball. You can create a competing league uh, to the NBA if you want to. It's not probably going to go anywhere. Uh, but at the same time, you have the freedom to do that because nobody owns the game. At the same time, if you want to, you know, if you're, 
but somebody owns Fortnite, you know, Epic Games owns Fortnite. And if you want to do anything in Fortnite, you know, through legal mechanisms here in the real world, uh, yeah, you know, you can't do anything with Fortnite without their, with their consent, without uh, their knowledge. Uh, and, you know, it's basically going to be a bad time for you if you decide to build a business model around it, right? Um, I think that's where the skepticism about the metaverse, firstly, is coming from, because right now it, there, it's not a big open playground. It's not a big public space. Uh, you know, as you're mentioning, Philip, it's, it's a proprietary for now, at least it's a bunch of proprietary systems and platforms that are trying to maybe coexist probably compete actually more than anything right now. And if you sign up for one, you definitely, you, you, you probably have a hard time accessing the other. Right. And so ultimately, instead of having one big world, like we're used to here in meat space, right. We have a bunch of small segmented countries um, and, and very small countries at that, right. Where people can flit in, uh, you know, can, can flit in and out of and, and all that kind of stuff, but it's not a very, fun place to be as a fully formed virtual self, right? Because if you want to do something, you have to jump on one platform. If you want to do something else, you probably are going to another platform. So ultimately it's a problem with, I guess, the access to the platforms, but also with the fact that there are so many complete competing flat platforms right now that there isn't a catch all winner <laughs> or, or space that has really taken over. Right. Um, and so I think that's where some of the skepticism comes from, you know, but where's that, you know, what does that mean for us uh, is, is a question that I have going forward. You know, um, are we going to have one giant space that's provided by Meta, for instance, or are we going to have a bunch of platforms that intersect? Because I don't think, and correct me if I'm wrong, and, and I'm curious about how you feel about this, Philip, the current conception of what the metaverse is with different worlds and different platforms that are competing that can't exist. I mean, that's not fun for anybody, right? Um, those are very different questions. Uh, I, I don't know if they can exist. I feel, and I'm, I'm not a historian and I'm sure I'm going to get this wrong, but um, like one example in sort of in a non-digital space is, um, is oil, fossil fuel, right? Mm -hmm. So I, and <laughs> I love, I actually hope that we have enough, viewers and listeners to this podcast that somebody like corrects me immediately. Um, Cause that, that means that we were, people are actually listening if they correct me, but I think it was Rockefeller and I think it was standard oil, right? One giant company. And then the, the trust busters came in and broke it up. And there were actually like, I don't know, like 12 or 15, but then over time, you know, they just, they, they, they come down. Now I think there's, there's three, right. There's like, mm -hmm. there's BP shell and, and Exxon. Like, and that's, that's pretty much it. Um, that, that life cycle in the digital space, it happened with internet browsers, right? In mm -hmm. the beginning, there were a lot of them. And then it totally consolidated down to Microsoft, right? With, uh, with, its, with, with Windows and Explorer, then it got broken up. And, you know, you've got, um, well, they didn't get broken up, but it was told that it was violating laws by sort of bundling its operating system and its browser. So yep. Exactly. But then now we have different browsers. So I feel like, can it exist? Yes. Is it good that it exists that with there are sort of these different competing methods of entry to this thing? Um, mm -hmm. I, I think probably yes, right? Because the, the idea that a monopoly anywhere is almost always bad, right? I want to say monopoly is always bad, <laughs> uh, but I feel like that's one of those statements as you come back to bite me in the rear end um, whenever this thing goes up. But 
I, I don't want it to be that there's only one provider of the metaverse. I mean, I feel like in science fiction, that's kind of always been the case, right? Mm -hmm. If we go, I mean, I put it here for this podcast, so people can see it, but snow crashes on my, on my shelf. And, you know, in the metaverse there, there was only one. Um, and if anything, you know, Neil Stevenson uh, contemplated an idea to sort of outside of the metaverse, there were these different countries actually now within the United States, sort of you had sort of borders on the outside, but not on the inside. Ready Player One, there's one oasis, right? There's not mm -hmm. more. You know, in Neuromancer, there's there's only one. There's not many. Um, and I feel like that is the assumption, but it's kind of the assumption that always happens in science fiction, like a world government, right? It's not true, but we just assume it because it's easy. I'd certainly want there to be interoperability, right? Right. For a couple of different reasons. I want there to be metaverses for everybody. Um, and I feel that, for example, we're just starting to have an internet that is, well, we don't have it yet, but I hope it has net for kids, right? Where it is in fact the case that children and their information isn't sold online, that the content available to children, it's, it's much easier to build walls around that content uh, than, than it is now. Um, I want that to be true. Also in the metaverse, right? That's one reason why I want there to be sort of some control and different internets, right? Because again, consenting adults should be able to look at whatever metaverse they want to look at, right? So I want that to be the case. I certainly also want it to be the case that my content is metaverse agnostic, for lack of a better term, right? <laughs> Same way that if I mint some NFT in one metaverse, one metaverse on, on one chain. I want that to be usable kind of everywhere, right? So that my avatar can walk across different metaverses if we're actually using avatars. But I, I do want that, that interoperability. So I think it's possible. I think it's good. Will it be the case? I don't think so, right? Because at least for a while, there's, we're going to have the, the old players out here are going to control the metaverse until something different and new happens. Well, I'm curious about that, though, because if we're talking about the World Wide Web, right, which everybody conflates as, you know, the, the, the Internet at large, but, you know, it's 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 the layer, right, uh, of the World Wide Web. There are open standards, you know, it is technically open, uh, you know, there was there are, at least in America, still uh, concepts such as net neutrality and, and, you know, open pipe access and all that kind of stuff, right? Uh, with the metaverse, it doesn't seem to be like that right now, right? Uh, you know, because all of that sort of, uh, you know, high, uh, high concept, you know, we have to keep the internet free and open and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, that's not where the metaverse started from, right? At the end of the day. So because of that, I think that basically there's a, there's a, there's a big market difference between how the internet has sort of gone, where it had the freedom to basically offer everything under the sun and then consolidate versus the metaverse, which is basically starting out as closed wall gardens and, and you know, seeking to interoperate with each other. Right. Um, but at the end of the but I think what we're trying to do is, is basically similar. Right. Because everybody wants to be able to use the metaverse for similar things. Right. To do meat space tasks quicker and better. I think, right? I mean, standing in line at the IRS is really boring in real life or the DMV, but if you could do it faster and more interestingly uh, online, that would be great. Uh, but, you know, I'm just using that as an example. But it's also about creating brand new universes within the metaverse and hanging out with friends and doing more interesting things like, you know, going on a spaceship, uh, you know, traveling the galaxy, all that kind of stuff. Basically a non-boring Nintendo Miiverse, if you remember that, you know, with the little avatars we had in the in the Wii, which also leads me to, to also point out the fact that the fact that we have avatars in a virtual space that's shared through the internet is not a, is not a new concept at all. Nintendo's done it. PlayStation has done it. 
There was, a, there was a platform called uh, Second Life that started in 2003, <laughs> right? Um, you know, all of these things have existed, but what we're talking about with the metaverse is that layer of immersion, I think, right? And the ability to do more than just sort of say, hi, and then wave your hand at somebody, right? It's, it's that ability to do more in it. Um, you know, but how do we exist? How do we engage with the metaverse now? I mean, we, we're, I think we're coming in slightly different angles about what the metaverse is and, and how it, you know, and how it's, how it is operationalized as either closed and walled or garden approach kind of thing. But how do we engage with the metaverse now? I mean, this is a pretty big question, but existence, you know, I know what that means <laughs> when I, you know, you're born in, in real life in, in meat space, you're born. Yeah. And people don't think that people don't realize, but there's a huge complex legal, economic, cultural, social process that, that, that comes with being born, right? You're assigned a, a country, uh, you're assigned parents, you're given, uh, you know, eventually a social insurance number, uh, you're plugged into the system. There's a whole layer of, of a process that happens when somebody's born. That's, and of course, existence comes that, you know, uh, through consciousness and all that kind of stuff. And you're, you're the philosophy major. You can tell me more about that, but you, th there's also a negotiated legal process when you're born. Right. But when it comes to the metaverse, how are you quote unquote born? What is the, how do you come into existence in the metaverse, especially in the current environment where it's kind of split between different platforms? Yeah. And I mean, I love the fact that you're assuming that only happens once. Right. I mean, the metaverse demands that I can be born many different times, you know, I mean, perhaps spiritually, I mean, perhaps I can be baptized into a metaverse and change whatever I am, but also literally existentially, there could be many me's out there and that's no mm -hmm. problem. Right. Um, so I, I mean, again, I don't know what it means to exist. I feel that uh, we, we need to at least, you know, understand that all the stuff you're talking about is sort of, if you're lucky, right? So like the, the, the group that we're talking about, people who have access to the internet, and the metaverse, because there are, there's a large swaths of humanity that don't. Um, and that's true with being born as well, right? Not to trivialize anything at all, but if you're born into a place that grants you citizenship and statehood and a social insurance, you're, you know, among the few, uh, when it comes to sort of all of humanity over time, right? And even in the modern world, there are people who are sort of born without statehood or social insurance of any kind of the sort. Why do I bring that up? Because I feel like that's something that the metaverse sort of necessarily lacks. Like nothing, I feel like nothing's going to happen by accident in the metaverse mm -hmm. right now. And I don't know that that's a feature or a bug. Out here, I think that, you know, accidents do happen and sometimes they're terrible, but sometimes they're wonderful but we're only constrained by sort of the laws of biology and physics. In the metaverse, we're going to be constrained by some, it's whatever laws that are written, right? And how do we write a thing that's able to allow for accidents? I don't, I don't know if that's true. Right, the possible, how do you, I, I, I mean, that, that's a question I can't answer. How would we write a universe that allows for something the universe can't anticipate to happen, right? We call that the code breaking. And when your universe is, in fact, at its most you know, metaphysical layer, code, then you know, I, I guess I, I want that to break to a certain extent. I want it to be the case that we are born many times, that there's not a limit to what I can and can't do, right? That I'm not, that standing is not sort of a, a, an assumed state. Or, for example, in NBA 2K, that I cannot choose to fast travel, right? 
I want, I'm going to be very much the Neo of the, of the metaverse <laughs> where uh, everybody else, you know, thinks that they think that it was, that it's air they're breathing in here right now. Right. Like that's, I don't want to be that person. I want to stop the bullets and fly away. Um, so in that sense, what does it mean to exist? I don't know. Uh, certainly there are a bunch of implications out here when we're born. There's, there's similar implications when we're born online, right? Um, it is certainly the case that as soon as you sign up for an account, there's a profile out there. I don't know that that profile mm -hmm. is controlled by any one entity, but each of us, in addition to, you know, the collection of cells that I am, and I'm also a collection of data over time. I mean, from my very first email address when I was in college, now that I'm showing my age, right? In 1995, when I went to the University of Wisconsin, it was the first time I had an email address. And I feel like I'm in that weird generation that remembers what it's like to wait in line at Blockbuster and kind of almost understands what cryptocurrency is, right? <laughs> so I've, there are going to be people born today who are going to have you know, a, a digital profile before they're born. My children, for example, right? With, uh, my, my wife and I had a blog for our son before he was born about anticipating him. And that is you know, new and interesting and weird, but I feel like in a sense, that's being born into a metaverse of sorts, right? Mm -hmm. Our digital existences are predating our physical existences and all that's going to be permanent, like everything on the internet is. So I feel that existing is going to mean something different out here, right? Like you said, birth is the beginning. You're not alive until you're born. I mean, somebody claim for that one, but um, that's one definition we can go by. I don't know that there's that bright of a line um, in the metaverse. Because yeah. I'm sorry, because our, our avatars can be many things. They can exist many places at one time. I mean, like that, that type of fundamental rule, right? Two things can't occupy the same space at the same time. That's just not true in the metaverse. At least it doesn't have to be. Right. And, and, you know, I think that's, that's, I think that's the difference. I mean, you know, um, generally speaking, if you're born, uh, you generally didn't have much of a, 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 a choice in the matter <laughs> in, in the real world. Right. Whereas I think the difference with, with the metaverse is of course you have the choice, right. Um, you know, you have to create a profile or somebody creates one for you, but eventually when you reach the major majority, you can decide whether to engage with it or not. Right. Um, and so it's a process, right? It's a, but it's a negotiated process, like you said. It's one that that basically somebody controls, right? Um, here, obviously, uh, in the real world, you know, the, the laws are made. We have representative democracy, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but you know, at least in North America. But if you go to say uh, the metaverse. It's the companies, right? It's the companies that set the EULAs. Obviously, they have to be beholden to the laws of their jurisdiction, right? And, and, and that can be a complicated matter. But um, it's the companies and their terms of service and their EULAs and all that kind of stuff that dictate how you're going to interact with that world, right? And your avatar and your profile. And like you said, you can have multiple profiles for multiple different metaverses and metaverse platforms, which means that you, in, excess, uh, in essence, can exist infinitely uh, in the virtual world. Now, the question I, I now I think the sci-fi nerds, pro, uh, you know, sort of concept is that you would have one master profile, right? That, you know, you can imbue with the amount of, uh, of credits or whatever you, whatever you call it, right. The abilities that, uh, you know, to, to basically be Neo in the metaverse, but that doesn't really exist yet because right now the metaverse is split across tons of different closed platforms, right? Um, but ultimately, I think, it, as we've seen, uh, you know, the ability to exist in the metaverse uh, is a negotiated process, but it's one that's 
frankly, could controlled a lot by the corporation that you decide to sign up with. Um, do you think people are aware of that? Do you think people actually read the the terms of service and the 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 license agreements and all that kind of stuff, or do they just say, "Hey, you know, I want to hang out with Snoop Dogg uh, in Decentraland. Uh, let's let's just create a profile and see what happens." I mean, the fact that you're thinking that we're giving up our I'm sorry, we're ignoring the EULA because we're going to do something as cool as hang out with Snoop Dogg, I think is already the problem. <laughs> People are not reading EULAs to get fart apps, right? Like, like right. it doesn't take much for us to ignore a contract. So no, I don't think anybody reads those. Um, I don't. Which, right, which I don't read them all either. Uh, and, I, and it makes me sad a little bit because I certainly write them sometimes. <laughs> and I would like, I, and I, I spend a lot of time on them and I want them to be accurate. And I have read some, right? That is true. Um, and I, there's, so it's not as if I think that everybody ignores them all the time, but I think absolutely most people all the time ignore them, especially when there is something possibly cool on the other end, however you define cool, right? Uh, and the metaverse is definitely going to be that people are going to want to get online. Uh, and they might in a sense already be there. I mean, I can imagine one of the companies that will create a metaverse will say, Hey, you know, guess what? you have a profile, right? You get, in, in addition to your, your account, you know, now all that information we have about you, we used it and you just have to come claim this profile, this avatar, this, this person was the same thing. But um, I feel like that will happen and, and it'll say like, all you have to do, just click here and you can claim your profile and you're in and people are going to do that without reading those. You look. Yeah. And I guess one of the things to to maybe wrap on is we've talked a lot about, you know, what the metaverse is, right? And I think the consensus we've come to is we don't know yet, right? Uh, and then what is the metaverse right now has turned is, is there's a bunch of different things out there, right? Uh, and we're not quite sure which one's going to win out and what conception is going to win out. But are we confident? And I want to leave with this. Are we confident that the metaverse is the future? Uh, that we are going to want to have, have something like this where we engage with it with, let's say, VR glasses and and a, and a movement system that makes sense. Is this something that we want and that inevitably we're hurtling to, or is this a flash in the pan? I love that all of your questions are so many questions. So uh, <laughs> I, I, number one, I'm not completely convinced that it's going to be hardware that we're interfacing with, right? I mean, in the 90s, when the Wachowskis came out with the Matrix, they had sort of the spike in the back of the head. It's going to be much more brave new world there's going to be some virus we take that will sort of interact with technology, will allow us to use sort of the, our, our biological hardware to experience something that's a little bit too far out, but that's what I imagine because the thing is hardware can never approximate all of our senses. And that's one of the fundamental barriers to the metaverse being awesome is it's not the matrix, right? The matrix, you know, yes, terrible, awful machines took over, but also freaking awesome, right? I mean, literally, <laughs> I, I cannot tell the difference between reality and not reality, right? That's the metaverse that I want there to be. Certainly, I mean, sort of holodeck style, right? Like, that's what I want it to be. I don't want to have to wear anything because I'll always feel that. My skin will always feel the weight of the device, and that's not good enough, right? I want it to be immersive in a way that I can't tell unless I say, to your other point, it's, I don't think it's a flash in the pan. Because, I mean, and that's, again not surprising um, because it is sort of a new way to do old things. And just like the internet, it is going to 
have a couple of different aspects. Number one, it's going to make old things better, right? I hope people don't use the metaverse to wait in line at the DMV, but that's possible, right? Uh, certainly, I can imagine it being an easier way to, for example, shop for pretty much anything, homes, cars, clothes, you know, what, whatever we want to experience, I think we can experience sort of even more so in the metaverse. So in that sense, it'll always be sort of the best parts of it will be good. Um, I don't want the bad parts of it to happen where everything is a commodity, where everything is tracked. Uh, I do want there to be those, those, those guide rails, right? Like we have, like we're starting to have now. Um, I feel like privacy and privacy have been a long time coming. Uh, and I feel that we're sort of just starting to get the robust individual rights to privacy that I think most people have always wanted, um, but have never been legislated in a way that has teeth. Uh, so no, I, I definitely think it is a future. I think it will be very important. I think it'll be a new way to do old things. But the cool part is it's going to be a new way to do new things, just like the internet was, right? No one imagined that the internet would be able to that, that, that Wikipedia would exist, right? I don't think that that was, it's a kind of a ridiculous example because at this point it's sort of very old, but when the internet was new, that wasn't a, that, that wasn't a thing. The idea that you could have sort of some hive edited compendium of human knowledge that is nearly infinite was just whatever nerd, but like that is a huge thing that all of us use every day and it's amazing. And I want that to, and it's happening now with, with, with crypto, right? People didn't think that you could use it to, you know, to, to have a DAO or mint an NFT. People's first thought when they saw blockchain was, was money, right? And that is sort of its smallest use case. Well, I shouldn't say smallest. That is a, a big, important use case, but it's not the only. So crypto is being, and blockchain technology is being used in ways we never anticipated. The case with everything, television, radio, the wheel, fire, whatever you want to put it, right? Um, and I think the metaverse is, is on that scale. It's that type of experience altering event, right? That is going to be important and big. Um, <laughs> to hear me say that gem of, of, of insight. Um, but, but how, but again, how we interact with it, how we interact with it is going to be the fun thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think we come from a slightly, slightly different approaches, right? You did philosophy. I'm more of a poli-sci and history guy. Um, and so for me, I always look, uh, try to frame things uh, back in, you know, uh, you know, back through history, right? And new technologies and especially disruptive technologies generally take a while for to reach its final form, right? Uh, if you think about computers, people people laughed at it at the beginning, right? They said, you know, it, it takes a whole room to do a calculation. Uh, you know, a few people could do uh, on the fly. Why would we want to go into this room to do it. And now, uh, lo and behold, we have a computer in our pocket, right? People said the internet, you know, yeah, okay, it's great, but it's never going to re replace a phone call, uh, for instance, right? It's never going to, it's never going to do all these things because the, the technology is too clunky. Uh, you know, the interfaces are bad, but now, you know, uh, if I call somebody, people get, uh, people get perturbed, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it, you know, if people want to text, right? Um, you know, all of these things uh, take time, you know, and, and even the smartphone and the internet, I think that's probably the ultimate form of where we're going to go with that, right? In this kind in the current context of what the internet is, because we've reached the point where you can pull it out of your pocket and you have the world's knowledge at your fingertips. I mean, that that is sci-fi uh, at the end of the day, right? That That's more impressive than anything they did in Star Trek with a, with a pad or anything like that, right? Um, but, you know, 
where is it going to go for the metaverse? I'm with you. I think it's going to be completely different. I don't know what that interface is going to look like. I don't know how we're going to get plugged in, whether that's going to be a room in our in our house, whether that's going to be uh, something we ingest or something we implant in our bodies. And uh, I really hope we go into, you know, uh, cybernetics at some point uh, in this podcast. But, you know, all of these things are going to take time to be negotiated, right? And ultimately it's a process. Where we're at right now, and I wanna stress this for every all the Metasapiens that are listening, is we're so early that we're still asking, what is this thing? And nobody has a clear idea. And anybody that says that they have the magic, uh, the, the magic solution, they're lying, right? Because lots of people don't know what it is. You know, we're seeing major oil companies, uh, fast food companies, everybody move into the metaverse, but they're all moving into different things. And when Fortune 500 companies are taking all of their profits and, 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 and their revenues and they're spraying it around multiple different sort of metaverse plays, that's when you know that nobody knows exactly what the main arc of this is going to be, right? So I'm curious. I'm curious to see where it's going to go. And uh, Philip, do you have any sort of you know, final pearls of wisdom before we... Uh, tease our, our topic next week? No, I, I don't, because I feel like the pearl is the tease, right? And I, <laughs> I don't want to sort of take it from you, but it's certainly what you said that no one has an answer. No one can give you a good definition. Like, I think on this show, I want us to sort of assume that that's always the case. And if it ever sounds like we're telling you the way it is, then, I, then we're just putting it badly, because I, I couldn't agree with you more on that point. Absolutely. And one of the things that really negotiates the metaverse and keeps it running is money, right? And money is equivalent to property in a lot of cases. So next episode, we'll be going into the topic of property. How do you obtain property in the metaverse? What is property in the metaverse? What platforms offer property in the metaverse? All of these different questions and we'll get into it and uh, we'll be answering uh, some of your questions, uh, hopefully as well. So uh, stay tuned. <laughs>